Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick on Twitter. The Dolphins go up against the Denver Broncos this Sunday at 3 p.m. or excuse me, 4 p.m. Eastern time in Denver. Uh, Dolphins are favored right now by three points at home. We are joined by Ian St. Clair from the Mile High Report. And you can also uh, check out his website, Play Colorado. Uh, and you can follow his Twitter handle, Colorado underscore play. Ian, thanks for joining us here. Definitely appreciate you taking the time to, to talk about this game on Sunday. You bet. So looking at, uh, well, actually, before we get into the game, tell us a little bit more about uh, uh, Play Colorado. Well, since sports betting is now legal in Colorado, it uh, officially launched in the state on May 1st, which was interesting because that was in the midst of, I guess, the first wave of COVID-19. So there there weren't any sports, but uh, PlayColorado.com covers um, online and retail sports betting, uh, casinos, what's going on with uh, the gaming industry in Colorado with Blackhawk, Central City, and Cripple Creek, which are the three gaming towns here in Colorado, uh, the lottery. So basically anything that has to do with gaming in Colorado is what the, the website and what I focus on. Outstanding. So looking at the game here, the Broncos are three-point underdogs at home. You know, uh, it, last week they lose 30-6 to six to the Raiders. We've got a, a situation where Drew Locke and, and or Brett Rippon may start this game. Uh, but, it, you know, looking at the Broncos in general here, Ian, I mean, I, I like what the Broncos did the offseason. You know, they, they won four of their last five games to end the 2019 season. They signed Melvin Gordon, A.J. Boyer, Jarrell Casey in the offseason, but it, it seems like they've had a lot, a lot of injury problems with Jarrell Casey going down, Cortland Sutton, um, and Jawan James opting out before the year. So it it seems like things have not quite gone to plan here with the Broncos this year. I, I think that's putting it mildly. I, I think uh, you mentioned the injuries. Uh, the other big injury was Vaughn Miller. Um, it, it's just, it, it's one of those seasons where it feels like 2020. I mean, it, it feels like, like everything else, it's an upheaval and you don't really know what's going on. And that's currently the state of the Denver Broncos. As you mentioned with winning four of the last five games and the additions they made uh, and adding guys like uh, Drill, uh, Jerry Judy and then KJ Hamler. Uh, in the draft, uh, adding Michael Michael Ojemudier and Lloyd Cushenberry in the in the third round, so there was a lot of hope in Broncos country for this team going into the season, and then it got dumped cold water on it when you 
when the word of Von Miller's injury and then Cortland Sutton's injury in week two against the Steelers. It's just, it's one of those seasons where it feels like the Broncos finally had some hope that they were finally on the path to get back to, to relevancy and competing. And then as this season has progressed, they've, they've gotten progressively worse. Drew Locke has regressed from where even the beginning of the season, not even forgetting the, the four or five games that he won last year. It's just, it's one of, it's a, it's a confusing situation where there are currently more questions than answers for this, for this team, especially going into this game against the Dolphins on Sunday. So we're recording this at Wednesday at noon here, Ian. Uh, do you have a preference right now of, of whether or not a, a, an injured Drew, Drew Locke plays on Sunday or a healthy Brett Rippon? I, I think they have to ride with Drew Locke. I, I mean, yes, you want your quarterback to be healthy, but I, 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 you have to go with Drew Locke the last seven games of this season, and especially going against a, a defensive mind like Brian Flores and this defense for the Miami Dolphins, which is able to, to create turnovers. It's able to get after the quarterback the way that it, that it can. I want to see Drew Locke go against this defense. Now, obviously, if, if he's not able to go, then you have to go with Brett Rippon. I would prefer it to be Drew Locke if he's able to go because I don't think Brett Rippon is the guy, and the Broncos really do need to know what they have one way or another with Drew Locke. They have, he has seven games left to go. A lot of people are off the Drew train, as it's called here in Denver and in Broncos country. But the organization needs to know what it has in, in Drew Locke. And I, if he is able to go on Sunday, he needs to be the guy who is that quarterback to go against this Dolphins defense. It, it really sounds like a lot of Dolphins fans, when they were talking about Ryan Tannehill, uh, you know, for several years, it, we just have to know what we have uh, with, with Ryan Tannehill. And just like you have to know what you have here with Drew Locke moving forward, because he does have the arm. He does have – and there are those weapons around him. I mean, they spent a lot of money with Melvin Gordon. Uh, they they spent 15th overall pick on Jerry Judy, second round pick with uh, KJ Hamler, invested uh, the first round pick with Noah Fant the year before. Speaking of which, uh, Noah Fant is questionable at the time we're recording the show too. Have you heard anything one way or another if he's playing or not? I haven't heard one way or another. I think well, what will be key is whether or not he's able to get on the field and practice in terms of um, uh, Thursday's practice. I, I don't know about Friday necessarily because it's more of a, it's more of a walkthrough anyway. So I, I think it, it's going to be very interesting. I, I think he has uh, an, an ankle sprain, and those can those can linger around. They they don't go away. They're like hamstring uh, injuries. So if he's able to go, uh, I don't know how uh, effective he'll be, but it, it's obvious that you'd rather have him on the field just because of, of the matchup problem that he can pose. And Drew Locke, if he's able to go, or even if it's Brett Rippon, it gives them another viable option to throw to because they know that they can rely on him. So uh, hopefully Noah Fant's able to go, but uh, now that Albert Aku Ebunam is, is out and on IR, they're really limited at tight end now too. So uh, even even a hobbled 
Noah Fant would probably be better than the alternative that the Broncos currently have. Absolutely. Uh, on the offensive line, you know, like we said, Juwan James opted out uh, before the year at the right tackle spot. Um, Lloyd Cushenberry, drafted in the third round at center, has has played a lot of football this year. Dalton Risner at, at right, or, or excuse me, at left guard, and Garrett Bowles. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much you look into PFF, but it looks like he's had the best year of his career. Is it fair fair to say that from the center position to the left tackle position? that the Broncos may have it figured out. I, I think they do. I, uh, Cushenberry has definitely had his moments where he struggled. And I think that's to be expected when you're a rookie, the center position, it, it takes time to learn and especially going against uh, defenses. I, I think uh, like the Broncos have gone against it. It's going to, it's, it's been an up and down season for Lloyd Cushenberry. I think what, what the Broncos can rely on to know that, uh, they can they can trust him going forward is how is how smart he is and uh, how football knowledgeable he is. So while he's struggled, I, I think they do have the center position figured out. Dalton Reisner has had a sophomore slump. He's definitely not been as good as uh, his rookie season. And Garrett Bowles has no doubt had the best uh, season of his career. Um, I don't really trust PFF, but just my eye test alone, he hasn't had the issues that he had the, the first uh, three or four years of his NFL career. And he's, he's been the most consistent player on this Broncos offense. And some uh, could argue that he's been the best player on this Broncos offense. So what will be interesting is if John Elway and the front office decide to um, throw some money at Garrett Bowles and if Garrett Bowles takes it, because he's, he's been one of those players where uh, the fans have had a, it's kind of been a compatible relationship, especially um, whenever he got called for a holding penalty, he was booed um, the way he was beat. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Garrett Bowles responds. And if he just decides to move on after the season, cause he'll be a free agent. Um, so that's going to be yeah. a huge issue because the, the Broncos tackle position, you mentioned Jawan James, DeMar Dotson has been hurt. So they've been down to their third and fourth string right tackle at times. So uh, it's going to be a very interesting situation. But I think at least at, at guard, uh, left guard and, and center, they have it figured out. On the defensive side of the ball, uh, in the secondary, uh, it, they've signed a couple of players over the last few years. Uh, A.J. AJ Boye, a cornerback, also Bryce Callahan uh, to pair with uh, with. Justin Simmons at the free safety position. Uh, very good inside linebackers, too, at least from what I've seen. Um, Alexander Johnson seems to be one of the more bigger kept secrets in the NFL, and uh, Josie Jewell as well. Um, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, how do you break down that unit? Kind of what are the strengths and what, and what are the weaknesses? I, it's so hard to judge this defense because the Broncos' offense has been so bad. I, I mean, when you look at that Raiders game, the, 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 if you look at the final score, you would think that it was a blowout. But the defense really kept the Broncos in the game. And they were strong in the red zone. They kept Derek Carr and the Raiders out of the end zone until midway through the third quarter. Had, had the offense been able to do anything and not turn it, I mean, aside from turning it over, which Drew Locke, uh, he's he's just giving the ball away like it's uh like it's candy and it's it, the defense 
I think has been the strength of this team. And it's so hard to judge it because of how bad the offense has been. I think when you look at the defense, they've been ravaged by injuries, especially across the defensive line. Shelby Harris has been out because of COVID-19 testing positive for it. Um, the secondary, I think Bryce, you mentioned Bryce Callahan. Bryce Callahan, I, I think, has been – he was out last year because of an injury. He's been one of the better and, most, and, and more consistent players, and you, we finally get an indication of how good he can be in Vic Mangio's defense, which is what he showed in, in Chicago when the two of them worked together with the Bears. So the defense has been what you would expect with a Vic Fangio coach defense. It's, it's, kept, it's kept the team in games. Uh, it, it can get after the quarterback. I, I think that's one issue that we saw on Sunday is Bradley Chubb and, and Malik Reed had, had trouble getting after the quarterback, getting after Derek Carr. But I, for the most part, with the injuries, when you consider uh, where they are in the defensive line, uh, it's the defense has been what has allowed this team to be in games. And it's just, like I said, it's, it's really hard to get a good gauge on this defense because of how bad the offense has been and how it's not getting any help. Yeah, and you're exactly right. When you look at the final score, it was 30 to six uh, Raiders last week, but at the end of the third quarter, it was a 13 to six game. So, it, you know, it's, it's it, it's not necessarily the fault of the defense. In fact, not, not the fault by far. I mean, Derek, Hoare, Derek Carr was 16 for 25 for 154 yards, no touchdowns. I mean, can't necessarily blame the defense, especially the secondary. And, and I think in this game uh, against the Dolphins with Devontae Parker and with, against Mike Isicki, you know, it, it's going to probably be a pretty good matchup with the Broncos secondary. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, Tua Tagovailoa does uh, against a defensive mind like Vic Fangio because one thing I always come back to is uh, from Sean McVay and uh, Kyle Shanahan, um, it's, it, they, they think that it's the toughest to go against him. So now you get a, a, a rookie quarterback in Tua. I'm, I'm curious to see how this matchup goes. I I don't think, because that's probably going to be the only thing that's worth watching in this game, because I don't think the Broncos offense is going to be able to do anything against this Dolphins defense and the way that the Dolphins defense is able to create and and get turnovers. Whether it's Drew Locke or Brett Rippon, I think they're going to have a heyday when it comes to getting turnovers. Um, so that, that's the one aspect of this game, the, the, the Dolphins offense and the Broncos defense that I, I think is going to be a very interesting matchup. And as I said, probably the only one worth watching from this game. Yeah, certainly. And from my point of view, and you could tell me if you disagree or not, is I, I think the two most important things to the Broncos are number one, to get Drew Locke on the field, whether he's healthy or not, because you have to see what you have. Number two, uh, to have a have a a fighting chance in this game, um, the way I look at it, this has to become a Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay versus the Dolphins run defense game. The Dolphins run defense is not not as good as the pass defense. Um, and on the other side of the ball, I mean, the Dolphins may get Matt Breida back at running back for this game. That may not make a big difference. But if it turns into a game where you know. It's the Broncos running backs against the Dolphins running backs, and that turns into a 20 to 17 game. Then 
able to Trade up and get him. 
do whatever it takes to get the quarterback you want because that's basically the only way it's going to happen. And you, you mentioned four or five quarterbacks going in the first round. I don't know if they're going to be in the area to get the upper echelon guys, especially ones like uh, Trevor Lawrence and, and Fields from Ohio State. So they're going to have to move up. They're going to have to find a way to get him if Drew Locke continues to play the way that he has. But for now, I, I, as I've said on my podcast uh, on MHR, the MHR Radio Podcast with Adam Walnati, they have to find out what they have over the course of the next seven games. And then they'll know which way they have to go in the offseason. I could not agree more. We are joined by Ian St. Clair here with the Mile High Report as well as Play Colorado. Be sure to join him there on his social media outlets as well. He's got a lot of great content. And before we let you go, Ian, what is your score prediction for this game? I I I I, I think it's going to be close. It's going to really mimic the Raiders game. I, I think the Broncos defense is going to do a good enough job to keep them in the game. I just don't think that the offense is going to have enough to 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 get them over the hump to to make it a game. So I think uh, in the fourth quarter the Dolphins are going to pull away, and I I think it's going to be somewhere around the lines of. 27-16, maybe even 31-16, uh, just because I, I think the, the defense is just not going to be able to, to do enough and the offense is not going to be able to help them out, as has as been the case the last couple of weeks. And there you have it. That is our breakdown of the Dolphins-Broncos game heading into this Sunday, joined by Ian St. Clair from the Mile High Report, as well as Play Colorado. Be sure to join him on his social media outlets, uh, like we said before. And you can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL and Paul is fanatic underscore pick. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to-